You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. time here and we are back with another episode of the cinnamon and sugar podcast and d'angelo this is how important the podcast is d'angelo look at him. he's riding in the car just okay. chilling yeah. i appreciate your dedication d he's like you know what? about no time, that, about yeah, time. It, the, the reason why is because you know i'm headed back from you know my daughter's birthday celebration and I, i'll get the opportunity to tell you why here in a minute after gary Give us what he did this weekend and how he stood us up. See, I'm so proud of you. You're such a loving father that would do anything for his daughters. And, you know, that is just amazing of you. I'm, 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 happy, to, I'm happy to hear that. So, Jerry, <laughs> tell us about your weekend. <laughs> well, you know, my normal uh, didn't do much this week. He's down in Disney. Uh, I didn't get the invite this time, so it was a little weird. Uh, so... I didn't whoa, do too whoa, much. Whoa, uh, so, whoa, D, what whoa, did you whoa, do whoa, this whoa. weekend? What, what do you mean you didn't get the invite? You definitely 100% got the invite because we stayed at your house on our way to Disney. Well, and then, but, but then you left before I even got up, so you couldn't say bye where you were going or nothing. You just changed the whole thing on me. Well, well, first of all, Gary, you don't care about nobody but yourself, so you sleep naked. So I couldn't come <laughs> in your room because I didn't want to be exposed to whatever you had going on in there. All right? So let's make sure that we, we point that out. And two, you came up with, like, a phantom sickness. Because, Whoa, you know, no phantom, no phantom. Disney this weekend. So for all of our listeners, I went and got a COVID test to make sure because I woke up on Saturday when I was supposed to go visit Dean and the family down in Disney. And... I had a sore throat, wasn't feeling good, so I went and got a COVID uh, rapid test, and it came back negative. Didn't get the results till five that night, so I said I'm not coming down on Saturday because just in case it's a false negative, I wasn't feeling good. I didn't want to put his kids in peril, so I did not want to be around the kids just in case it was COVID because you never know. There's false negatives all the time. There's false positives, so I was just being proactive and didn't want to get the kids sick. So I did not make the trip to Disney because I was trying to look after his kids. He's probably going to rip me for it, but all I was doing was looking after his kids. Well, here's the thing, Gary. And uh, I want to let y'all know something about Gary Barnage. I'm going to change his name just a little bit because it's Gary Bougie. Gary Bougie, when we come down to Disney World, Gary Bougie only wants to come when Gary Bougie doesn't have to wait in line. We have to wait in line. Obviously, there's no fast pass slides because of the pandemic. I knew that that was going to put a damper in Gary's plans because Gary does not like standing in line. Hold on. Can, can we explain why I don't like standing in lines? Explain why you don't like standing in lines. So, because I don't necessarily know why you don't like standing in lines. Well, you do. You do. You just rich? don't think about it. Is it you because do, you're you just rich? don't think about it. Is it because you're rich? No, no not at all. Oh, so, okay, the okay, reason okay. why I do not like standing in lines is because I cannot stand longer than 10 to 15 minutes without my back being on fire, burning because of football. So football has that. I had the back. My back kills me from it. So I can't stand for extended amounts of time. So standing in line for 45 minutes with nowhere to sit. Now, if they put seats in there where you can sit down every once in a while, I'd be all right. But they don't. And my back is on fire. So that's why I cannot stand in lines. There's not anything to do with 
having money or anything like that. It has to do with because I cannot physically stand without my back being on fire, and then I'm ruined for the whole day. Same thing with walking around parks. If I walk around a park all day, we don't sit down every once in a while, my back is murdering me. So why don't you get one of the little hover around scooters, Gary, where you can just ride around the whole time where you don't have to walk? That's well, we did in what, San Diego. That's, that's usually what handicap-enabled people do. Yeah, but, they get I, but that's what we did. We did that in San Diego. No, that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about why couldn't you do that at Disney? You're talking about something that you're trying to straw man me. I'm talking about why couldn't you do that this time when you're renting a car to $85 a day? Where you rented a cart and you no longer have that ability to have to stand in line for longer periods of time. You'd rather just well see. Go see, I see what you're trying to do now. Now you're trying to twist it so you can get to the front of the line because I'm in a cart. Hundred percent. Hey, you gotta, <laughs> use, what you got. You gotta use what you got. I'll even bring you a little walking boot to put on. <laughs> a little walking boot on, and like, yeah, we go to the front of the line. We go up all the exits. Hundred percent, taking full advantage of it. Um, well, what else did you do this weekend, Gary? I mean, you got how football started up for you, right? Like, yeah, so we had football this week. Uh, we had uh, our scrimmage, our first game is this coming up week. Uh, so we're getting this thing going. How did the scrimmage go? Because I'm just assuming that during football practice, you're standing the whole time. So I'm assuming that your oh. back is on fire. See, that's that's where you're wrong. I sit down a lot. You'll, you'll oh, if you ever come to a practice, you'll oh. see. I'll sit down. I'll take a knee. I cannot stand. You, I, I had to bend over. I had to do a bunch of different things just to get through a practice. Here, here's here's the here's the only issues that I have with coming to watch y'all practice is the best player will be somewhere sitting his ass down because his lower back is on fire, and that's the coach. Uh well yeah I am the best player there but I don't play anymore, so. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing exactly. I can do about that that's that's what that's what's that's that's what's upsetting because you would think that one of those 16 17 18 year old kids that you have on your team will be talented enough to take that position from you but because they're not that lets me know that you're gonna have a horrible you, season you this think. year none of those kids played in the NFL so they're they not gonna be to better play in the NFL to be talented bro they had to be in the I NFL mean, to be better than me. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that, man. Because you can look at a kid and be like, man, that kid right no, there. We have some kids that are talented, that but again, they have to want it. That's the biggest thing. They just have to want to improve themselves. If we have some kids, you'll see. You, you, if you ever come, you'll get to see, and you'll find out yourself. You'll see some. There are some kids that have the ability. They just have to want to do it. Okay, so th that leads me to my next question on, like, kind of what you're doing this weekend. And it's, it really kind of bothers me now that I think about it. Like, the difference between a kid that's very talented and want it versus a kid that's talented and don't necessarily want it, uh, you know, maybe they're not dealing with – because it was a thing that flashed during the draft. Uh, that, you know, 70, 80, 90 percent, whatever that percentage is, that um, a kid that come from a single parent home or just experienced something that's very talented, make it farther than a kid that uh, hasn't experienced much of anything and like just doing it to have fun. Uh, what, what's that difference? Like, what's that drive? Like, why, why can't a kid that come from not necessarily humble beginnings or that's kind of well off, like a, a kid that's maybe a trust fund kid that's probably everything has been given to them but they're very talented in football like how do you push that kid 
as a coach, Gary, how do you push that kid that has everything that they want, but are very talented, but just don't want to go that extra mile to dig deep? Like, what do you do? I think you have to use the other kids as an example. The other kids that are just as talented that didn't come from anything and they weren't given things. You use them as an example and you say, hey, this guy doesn't have everything yet. He's just as talented. He'll play over you. I don't. You can sit if you're not going to work. And that's the thing is you have to use the other kids around you. Even if a kid's not as talented, you have to be willing to sit that kid if he's not willing to drive himself and work because otherwise – He's been, it's being handed to him like he has his whole life, and he's never going to try to improve himself because he's just going to rely on everything being given to him. So you have to set example by showing, hey, we're not going to give you it. We're, we're going to sit you. We don't care. And you have to prove a point if he's not going to work. And he's got to work just like everybody else, no matter where you come from. And no matter what, everybody's got to strive. We're all going towards the same goal. Okay. So I, I, I'm, I'm glad we own this high school football stuff. Because it bothers me. Parents, if you're listening out there, I am on the same page you on. Uh, I know school's getting ready to start up, so these questions are very imperative. And I'm glad that I'm getting the opportunity to ask you these questions, Gary. But this is what I hate about high school football. This is what I hate about high school athletics in general. And I, wanted, I want you to tell me how you're combating it, even if you can combat it. I understand that you don't have enough time. But the biggest thing that I've learned from high school to college and the pros is that high school coaches do not develop players. They don't make them better. They find the kids that are already good and they play them. Why isn't it? Why doesn't coaches in high school develop players into better players versus just saying, hey, you're not good enough. Give me the next man up. Honestly, I think like if you went U.S. wide, I think the reason why is probably because those coaches are trying. The coaches that do that are the coaches that are just trying to use it as a stepping stone to get to the next level. They don't really actually care about the kids. That's what it seems like to me. Because to me, if you care about the kids, you're going to truly try to develop the kids. You're going to try and help every one of them get somewhere. And that and that's one thing I try to. I want to do. I want to help my kids get better every day and everything they can that I'm coaching because. I want them to have the ability that I had. I want them to have the chance to go to college and play football because I think like I hate, there's one kid that has told me multiple times, like, Oh, I'm not like you. I, I, I'm not as good as you. I'm like, why can you not be, why can't you be? I, I didn't say that when I was younger, I said, I'm going to get here. I put it in my head. I never, I was never like, Oh, this guy's better than me. I'm go- I put it in my head. I'm going to get there. And that's how I, I trained. I worked on things to get to improve myself to get there. And I think, he, they just some kids nowadays they're just they don't see that they can do it but they can and they just haven't found that in them yet or they haven't been pushed hard enough to get there and that's one thing that I'm trying to do is I want to push these kids to to hit a level they haven't experienced yet because you can always do more than you think you can and I think that's something that I learned in high school and then I definitely learned at Louisville with Petrino because he really pushed us and got more out of us that we never knew we would be able to get because he really tries to push you even more. And I think that's a huge aspect. And I, but I think the biggest thing, like you were saying, like you asked, was I think a lot of coaches use it as a stepping stone, though. They don't use it to help the kids. That's why they just go get all the kids that are going to help them win, because now it looks good on their resume, so that way they can move to the next level. Okay, so if, if, I'm, if I have a kid that, that is not like, Maybe, you know, maybe their future is not in athletics, but they want to get out there and do it because they have friends that are playing too. 
what do I tell my kid going into a season? Because again, this is after a pandemic season, Gary. You're you're a coach, so everything that you're telling us right now, we're gonna listen to because one, you're an NFL player. Oh, well, you used to play NFL. You have a lot of experience, and you are a high school coach. So going into it, what do I need to have my kid do to get prepared for this season? Uh, should they have already been lifting weights? Should they not have been lifting weights? Do I leave it all completely up to the coaches? Do I need to go get him like a personal trainer? Like, what do I do to ensure that my kid is going to get the best opportunity and get the best chances of playing football if that's something that they want to do. Because I see kids all the time. Like, there's a kid at, at a school that I used to coach at, bro, that he has, like, three or four trainers, and, like, he's, like, the number one, like, quarterback in the country right now. And it's just, like, how do I get my kids seen? Like, how do I get them there? So I think the thing is you have this fight. You have to talk to your kid and see if your kid actually wants to do it. Because a lot of the time parents just push kids that don't really have the interest in doing that. I, I don't believe that, Gary. You mean to tell me that there's parents out there kids to do something that that kid don't want to do it? Yes, You're thousand percent. That, there's, no, there's no way. 100%. No way. You see it all the time with the kids that get burnt out when they get to junior, senior year, and they don't want to play that sport anymore because they're all they've done. I'm a proponent of playing multiple sports because it helps you in every sport. And you see parents that, hey, you're only going to play this because this is what you're best at. But what if the kid doesn't enjoy it? Now you're forcing them to do it. And some kids, they just want the approval. They're going to do it anyways. But I, I think the biggest thing is, like, you have to find out what your your coaches are doing for the kid. Are they helping okay. the kids? Are they working the kids out? Are they doing that? If they're not, then yeah, you can do that with your kid. You can put a thing together. But I don't think you need to hire like all these personal trainers and stuff like that because your kid's gonna do it if he wants to do it. Like if he if he, if he works hard enough on his own, like you can push him. Say, hey, if you want to do this, you're gonna have to do this. If the coaches aren't gonna do it, you're gonna have to do it. Get to the weight room, all that kind of stuff, and you can give them that op opportunity you can say hey do you want somebody to help you as a as a personal trainer if they say yes then okay then you can do that but i don't think you force it upon them i think you make it because the biggest thing i think that's lost on kids nowadays and i say this all the time is high school is the most fun you'll ever have playing football because you're playing with all your friends that you grew up with it's the last time it is the only thing that's really going on that it's all about football. When you get to college, you have to worry about school, you have to worry about football, you have to worry about all this other stuff, and then you have everybody's down your back. It's a whole different atmosphere. NFL, it's all about the money aspect and the politic aspect up there. So I think the biggest thing in like high school is the most fun and true football you're going to have. And I think that's lost upon a lot of kids because there's, oh, I need to get to college. But you can still do that while having fun. And that's the thing. If you're having fun, you're going to have so you're going to be so much better because you're loose. You're not uptight. You're not thinking about everything. You're just going out there and playing and doing your job. And that fun aspect is going to show in your play, too. That makes sense. I, I see what you're saying. So, no. So when I was growing up, Gary, and and I'm a, I'm from, I'm totally against like trainers and stuff like that because I've been asked questions about my sons. Like, hey, are you gonna let them play football? Hey, if they want to play football, they're more than welcome to play football. I'm not gonna force them into doing something. But I'm gonna tell you what D'Angelo Williams is not gonna do. D'Angelo Williams is not going to pay for a personal trainer, private lessons. We're not doing any of that. If you want to, I didn't have that. I'm pretty sure you didn't have that. And if if you're going to tell me that 80, 90, or whatever that percentage is of, of, 
of, of athletes that played in the National Football League or in professional sports, period, come from maybe a single pair home or not well off, like, you know, so, like some of those elitist sports is, then why should I get them a personal trainer to, to do these things? Because if they want it, they'll go out and they'll find it, right? Exactly. And I think the biggest thing is it's been proven. I would say, honestly, probably 80% of professional athletes don't have prefer, uh, professional trainers growing up and stuff like that. They just worked and did what they needed to do to get there. And I think, yeah, like you said, like if somebody came for money, yeah, they might have the ability to pay. A lot of people can't pay for personal trainers. So you're going to find a way to do it if you want to do it. Every school... I'm pretty sure most schools have a weight room. They have weightlifting classes and stuff like that. You have a way to lift if you want to lift, especially if you're playing sports. I swear to you, no coach is going to say, no, don't lift if you ask to go lift right. on your own. They're never going to say, don't do it. That's just something they're not going to do. So if you want to do it, you can, and you just have to really want to do it. Makes sense. Okay. All right. I, I, I just had to get those questions out because, again, you know, season's going to start. Uh, school years from the start, and I know we kind of already behind the eight ball, but I just wanted to get the get the parents like in tuned and like what's going on again. So, so I got a question then. I got a question yeah. for you, D. So we we're talking about like athletes and sports and high school. Obviously, we we're talking about like working on yourself and betting on yourself, basically. So that brings me to Dennis Schroeder, NBA. So Dennis Schroeder. He had an offer of $88 million, I believe, from the Lakers over four or five years, and he turned it down and ended up signing a one-year $5.5 million with the Celtics because he's betting on himself that he's going to get play better this year and get more money next year. I want to hear what your thoughts are on this because, to, to me, it, I'll give you mine afterwards. I want to hear what you think. Okay, so I think that that was one of the greatest bets in all of history. Here's the here's the sad thing though, the, the 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 sad and bad thing about that is is that negative adverse reaction is the fact that when you do bet on yourself, there's a there's a strong possibility just as well as a strong on you winning, you can lose too. And in this case, important Dennis lost. I I don't think he should have took the money that the four or five years for eighty eight million dollars if he didn't want to be there. So if he didn't want to be there, I don't think any amount of money is worth your sanity. But $88 million, man, I got 88 million reasons why I'm happy, though. That's a I, – I don't know. That's a tough one right there, uh, especially when it's a money-driven league. And, you know, you just you, – you just basically left $82 million out there. $82 so, million. And I'm sure he's not hurting for money. But when you bet on yourself, like, you know uh, – like it worked out for um, uh, Josh Norman, for instance. Josh Norman, he bet on himself, and he made him himself an extra thirty or forty million dollars. Uh, there's a lot of guys that opt out of contracts that uh, he just had a bad year. Dennis had a bad year. Now, can he get that money back? Absolutely. He just got to go out there and play out of his mind, and he got to go somewhere where people are going to give him the opportunities that he didn't get when he was with the Lakers. So, so I understand why he left. Do, do you think, I, I, and I shot this to time, uh, could it just be he didn't want to play with LeBron? He turned down $88 million to not play with LeBron. Well, see, and, and here's, here's, I, here's a, again, why I say that it was a good move. It was a great move because now we know 
that <laughs> Russell Westbrook is in L.A. We know that he doesn't pass the ball much. We know that he's not. I don't understand how that dynamic is going to work between him and LeBron James because Russell Westbrook is used to being the alpha male. He's never had a LeBron James on his team where if he does something stupid or does something dumb, which he always do a game, that somebody going to be like, hey, man, the hell are you doing? Get him out of this game. I, that's what I'm looking for because when you have a mega superstar and you have a superstar, then you know you're bound to get fireworks, and it's not always the fireworks of good proportion. So I'm glad that Dennis did decide to opt out. He bet on himself. I understand that he left 82 million dollars on the table, but it's not worth his sanity. He'll go somewhere else. I think it's the Celtics. It's who he signed with. They may not do well as a team, but he can go out. He can ball out. He can get the contract of the $82 million that he lost, and he can get it back. I don't think that the Lakers are going to have, uh, from a roster standpoint, the fireworks and the pageantry that people think because you got too many alpha males. You got too many Chiefs, not enough Indians. So I think it's interesting because everything you so- see on social media with Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> It says, oh, he's stupid, he was dumb, and all this stuff. You don't bet on yourself, $88 million. But my biggest thing is he's already made $77.5 million in his career. To him, okay. honestly, it might not be about money. Maybe he just wants it. Maybe he so, wants it somewhere hold else. Hold on, First of all, let's make sure we, we make this a point. It's always about the money. No, I agree, but Even I'm saying he's already made $77 million. It's always about the yeah, No, yeah, but so he's already made $77 million in so far. Yeah, he could have made 88 and he probably would have been on the bench. And who he may still be on the bench in Boston. Who knows? We don't know how that's going to go. But, like, the thing is, like, you can't fault somebody if they want to bet on themselves. That's on them. That has nothing to do with you. You can think however you want. But what happens if next year he signs a $95 million deal? Then everybody's like, oh, that was a smart deal. That's the thing is time – you have to wait for the time can, to tell on that aspect. Can I, can, can I, can I be fan sure. role? Can I play fan role? Of course. Would you rather be at a job where you're making $88 million and you absolutely hate it? Or would you rather go to a job where you get paid $6 million and you absolutely so, love it? This is me personally. How much money do you already have in the bank? $77 million. Then then I'm, I'll go where I'm happy, where I'm enjoying myself. Because at that point, money doesn't matter to you. Like, you already have enough. It doesn't, it's not going to affect your... But, to be, but, yeah, to be fair, I don't think he didn't take that offer because he wasn't worried about money. He thought he could make more money. Oh, no, I definitely think that was the case. <laughs> I, definitely, the I definitely think that was the case. But I'm just saying, like, it's his, it's his choice. Nobody else's. Uh, and... I, I, we'll have to wait and see what next year. Because if he comes out and he makes $95 million next year, then no, everybody was saying he was dumb, you're, you're wrong. Now, if he comes out next year and signs a $20 million deal for uh, two years, yeah, you, he was dumb. But, but you see, have to wait until he's out. I never saw Dennis as an $88 million player in the first place. No, so I the agree. The fact that they even offered him that was insane to me. But so, he did, so his deal with the Hawks, he had signed a four-year $70 million. So in progression aspect, he was on par with where he could have been because of the way he played with the Hawks. He played good with the Hawks. And he so he, got a, he hadn't already had gotten a $70 million deal. So I would say it's probably might be on par with what he was going to get, honestly. It's just at that time, it was too late, and he didn't get it. Gotcha. That makes sense. That, that makes sense. I, I, I don't I, – 
it's crazy to me that when players bet on themselves and they lose, let's let's just bring up Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was one of those guys that bet on himself. He won the $17 million. He didn't get the $17 million, and everybody was like, oh, he lost, he lost, he lost. He went to the Jets. Uh, the Jets obviously didn't do well. Uh, and now he's sitting on the streets, and everybody just like, oh, you fumbled the bag, you jacked up your career. When it has nothing to do with career, it has everything to do with opportunity. It has everything to do with opportunities and how people use you. And that's what Pittsburgh took full advantage of when Lincoln was there in Pittsburgh, but nobody else is taking advantage of those. And, you know, as you get older, the way that people view you change, uh, not only how people view you, the expectations of what people expect of you change, and it rapidly changed. So as it rapidly changed, if you don't, if you're not able to keep up with that change, then people, they discontinue or they cancel you like, oh, okay, it's over with. We got to move on to the next person. So right now, you know, as it relates, the best running back in the National Football League per everybody that watches TV is CMC, which absolutely, right. I, and there's nothing against CMC. He's a really good running back, but it's hard to put him over the Alvin Kamara's and putting him over, you know, uh, Henry. Uh, I, I just, I, it's, it's just tough for me. And Henry is one of those running backs that you don't even see anymore where it's four or five yards in the cloud of dust, but he's able to make those four-yard runs and the 40 or 50-yard runs. So with that being said, like, it, it, it all boils down to, you know, uh, what can you handle? Like, or, 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 or what's your need, what's your want, uh, and how can we best put it to use? Because if you put Le'Veon Bell, and I'm, again, I'm talking about, you know, money and people deserving the money that they, that, that they get. If you put him in any of those offenses that I just talked about, I, there's no doubt in my mind that he can make those teams better and he can earn the money that he bet on himself that he eventually lost. I don't think Dennis has that big play potential anymore because he's older now. He's he's more of a – I don't want to say a Dennis Rodman or a Scottie Pippen because their roles were elevated in the roles in, in whatever system that they play. Dennis is not one of those guys where – the ball has to go through him in order for your team to be successful. Whereas Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, as as bad as Dennis Rodman was as a shooter, he would go up a rebound. And Michael Jordan, like guys like that, those are the guys that I'm thinking of like $88 million contracts over four years. But then you look at the NBA and you break it down and there's guys that you've never heard of that played on an expansion team that's getting $100 million oh, for four or five years. There's guys, that, there's guys that are getting like $30 million that – to me, don't deserve it, but I guess because they're in the NBA, they do. But I don't know. That's times. That's times. Uh, I'm about to say y'all sound like some salty football players right now. I know you always talk about how you played the wrong sport, <laughs> but hey, well, the best sport's baseball because you get that's a you can get. Hell no, it's golf. golf. Oh yeah, golf in the long. <laughs> you gotta win. You don't right, have to win yeah. in baseball and get your that's money. That's true. My question about basketball players: Have you seen all these boys come out here dropping 81, 92 points? What is, do you think? Do you think that's a big deal or no? Not a big deal. Okay, so Isaiah Thomas, did you did you see that, Gary? Isaiah Thomas dropped eighty one. He was crying, got all emotional and stuff. Like, what league was that? Was that like the Drew League? What what league was that? I, no, I it was even, it was a pro am, I think, in like either uh, Seattle or uh, a pro am. You drop eighty one points in a pro am game. That's very similar to dropping eighty one in a rec basketball game, because I it it doesn't hold any weight to me. 
because you are an NBA player playing college hoops, basically, with a bunch of guys that didn't get that opportunity, and you did. And you just basically in between. That's Carmelo Anthony all over again, bro. Carmelo Anthony going to play in this league because the NBA won't let him back in. If he went overseas, Carmelo Anthony would absolutely dominate. Correct. Because he is an NBA player that's a little bit past his prime, but still have the skill set to bust people ass. Right, but you but 92 points? That's against any defense. That's crazy. Bro, that, he's an NBA player, bro. That's just like me. Okay, I'm glad you said that. I'm going to go play football against my kids. I'm going to put up some astronomical numbers. And it ain't against your kids. Team. It'd be like playing against kids, people that, uh, you know, maybe didn't quite we're make the NFL. Like, we're about college kids, man. It's just like the, the, the University of Alabama playing against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and the Cincinnati Bengals are terrible. And then they play each other in Cincinnati up 55 to zero. And you trying to figure out why the damn score so out of control. Because it's a college team that's playing a professional team. There's difference. There's levels. There's schemes. The preparation is different. Like, that's what I'm saying. Isaiah there- Thomas played against a bunch of high school or college kids that wouldn't ever step foot or have opportunity in the NBA because they're not good enough. So there's a reason. There's a reason there's a professional league, college league, and yeah. high school and pro-ams. There's a reason there's these other leagues because the best of the best are in the professional. So you would expect them to do that. If LeBron James went to the pro-am league, bro, just to put up – that's like Kobe Bryant when he went to Rucker Park. If Kobe Bryant would have went to Rucker Park and not put up the numbers that he put up, would we be talking about Kobe right now? Yeah, we probably would, but we probably wouldn't talk to talk about his street ball skills, right? So, but because of that, he was able to do what he did because he was just a phenomenal, gifted, talented player. Isaiah Thomas, you may not be tall enough or good enough to play in the NBA right now. That's what the NBA is saying. But the Pro-Am, you way too good for that, bro. Like, you went to the Pro-Am to step. He took every shot. He took every shot. I'm going to take every shot, Tom. Let me take. I, I'm the... Look. I do. Thomas of uh, that pro-am is the LeBron James of the NBA, bro. Oh, what? What that don't even make sense. You just trying to bring LeBron. No, no, no. no. What, what I'm what I'm saying is Isaiah <laughs> Thomas is the best player in that pro-am. Oh, oh, he's the best. Oh, look at the Angelo calling LeBron the best. He's player, not the right? best player in the NBA right now. But, but you get you get what you get what I'm saying. He's not the best player, but you get what I'm saying. He is the <laughs> he is the pro-am LeBron James. Where everybody's like, he's the GOAT, he's the GOAT, he's the GOAT. He put up 81 in that Pro-Am game, and we saw the video go viral of him crying. And I'm like, dang, we getting soft because I remember Kobe Bryant putting up 81 on his farewell tour in the NBA. He was crying, and it, it went viral. Like, just think about that. Isaiah Thomas in 2021 went viral for scoring 81 in the Pro-Am game. And years ago, Kobe Bryant went viral for scoring 81 in the NBA game. Right. He scored, six, he scored 61 in his final game. Okay, but that was on like 90 million shots. It, oh, that's the same thing. Isaiah Thomas took all the shots. That's all he's saying. But, but also, the you know, Peyton Pritchard, when he, he dropped 92. I don't know if you know. Did you hear about that one, D'Angelo? Celtics, Celtics guy. Celtics uh, rookie from last year. He's a uh, white point guard. He uh, – uh, he dropped 92, but the score was like 165 to 163 or so something like that. So they don't play defense. <laughs> yeah, so there's no defense. Is that a pro-am game? Yeah, it's a pro-am. 
Oh, bro, they well, to me, that's still because scoring 92 points in a amount of time is still impressive. You still got to put the ball in the hoop that many times. I mean, it, it, I agree. It's impressive for pro am. That's just I'm the way to put it. It's impressive for pro am. So we're not talking like, about. So we don't care about stats anymore. Like, so he could have went. He could have went 45 or 106 and had 81 points. And we're not going to talk about his accuracy being trash, or we're just going to talk about the fact that he put up that many points. Well, I feel Allen like Iverson, when Allen Iverson did it, he was a ball hawk. He was a he was he never passed it. We had issues with it, but now here in 2021, it's okay for guys to just shoot the rock all the time. I don't know the specific. I'm gonna try to look up the stats real quick, but I mean, if if he scored 92 and his team scored 160, there has to be some level of efficiency there. There's just so much time you can play. Well, there also <laughs> has to be a pro am. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what it has to be. Well, the rules are different. The competition not as uh, again. Uh, if if, if, if both teams are scoring one sixty, nobody is playing defense. They're just letting you shoot. They're not actually play because if you're actually playing defense, you should never score one sixty two. And this is also a league LeBron couldn't play in either. Well, what <laughs> LeBron would score two hundred points in this league? No, he wouldn't because nobody would watch. <laughs> Nobody would watch it. No, nobody would be on his team. That's why Dennis Schroeder took the the pay cut that he took is because nobody wants to play with LeBron James. Other than the, you'll see, I I it'll it'll be interesting if Russell Westbrook make it the entire season with the L.A. Lakers. I will I would think differently about LeBron James because I feel that Russell Westbrook has probably. I'm not going to talk about ego. He's the most confident person that I know. Let's just say that. He's very confident in what he do and what he brings to the table. And defense is not a part of his confidence. So you know him personally? No. I'm just, just, oh. based, on, just based on what I've seen, what I've heard, and watch how he carries himself. He's the most confident person on the court. And in order for you to be a confident person on the court, you got to know and have the green light to do whatever it is that you want to do. I've seen this man come down the court, bro, dribbling and lose the ball, and it go out of bounds, and he run back down court, and nobody says anything to him. Like, it's a turnover, and nobody says anything to him. But I've also seen other guys on this team do the same thing, and he come over to him and he give him an earful. Like, bro, what the hell are you doing? I, I would respond, I'm doing the same thing you doing. I'm trying to score points and get my team in a better position to win. I just screwed up. That's all I'm saying. I can't wait to that first fallout with him and LeBron James and whose side people are going to choose. Because you know that there's a lot of people that don't like LeBron James and there's a lot of people that don't like Russell Westbrook. However, I'll deal with Russell. We can't deal with LeBron because of what, the whole China thing. What if it, ne <laughs> what if it never comes? It's going to come. You, you got two alpha males, bro. You got two alpha males on the same team that plays pretty much the same position, and that's taking care of shooting the rock. They so, got the same issue that they had in Brooklyn. So two alpha males can't get along? No. They're two beta males. You put, put two of them in the same fish tank and see what happens. So what would you describe yourself as, alpha or beta? He's a beta. Uh, I'm an alpha. <laughs> I just got to say, <laughs> which one of y'all is the beta over here? <laughs> Well, well, here's here's the thing though. We're we're operating together to 
to to to solve or come up with one common goal in terms of uh, of handling how we handle life. When it comes to basketball, there's one basketball, there's one basketball hoop, and there's five players on the team. Out of those five players that's on the team, I I'm gonna say, and I know that this gonna fire you up, Tom, but I don't give a damn. LeBron James is at that point in his career where defense is not something that he's stressing right now. Oh, he's been on That's, that for about three years now. Well, three, <laughs> more like eight. <laughs> he's not okay. So now you got him. You got Russell Westbrook, who does not play defense at all, until you upset him or foul him or something's not going his way, and then now he wants to play hard on both ends of the floor. That's two players right there. Well, got well, the to be fair, right in the backcourt. To be fair, LeBron last year was one of the best defensive players in the league until he got hurt. You know what, Tom? I'm, I don't want to talk about that. It's true. I'm talk about something else. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all what I did this weekend. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. that up. So, okay. I, you always bring LeBron into it. I'm never the one that does I didn't it. bring him up. I didn't the answer. <laughs> yeah. So, I got, I got another question then. We'll change it to the subject. Okay. So, did y'all see all the heat that Dr. Dre was getting? About I, his daughter. Yes, I, I am. I am one of those that put the heat on Doctor Dre. So I, I, I'm interested. So I'll, I'll explain to everybody, and I want to get y'all's opinions because yes. you both have kids. So yes. Doctor Dre, he's worth billions, or close to a billion. I'm sure, pretty sure he's over a billion. He has a daughter who's thirty something, and he gave her plenty of money, opportunities, started businesses for, and everything, and all this stuff, right? Well, she's living. She did an interview and said she's living on the streets, living in her car, and people jumped all over Dr. Dre, saying, "Oh, you don't help her, you don't do all this stuff." And he came out and said, "I've done all this stuff for her, and she squandered it and done and done all of her own thing and, and ruined it, all of it. I've done so much, I can't do any more." So, what side are you taking? Are you on Dr. Dre's side or are you on her side, saying that he can do more, all this kind of stuff? I want to hear both those opinions. I, I don't, again, you know what time I'm going to let you go, man. I'm going to let you go because I, I am on her side when it comes to this. And and, and I'll tell you why after time go with Dr. Dre's side because I don't <laughs> sound like that side. <laughs> well, for me, for me, this comes down to I would have to kind of dig into the details of exactly what he's done for her, what she squandered away. Um, but – Given I, I am going to take Dr. Dre's side because on the fact of you know he's given her plenty of opportunities, plenty of chances. So the fact that she has been unable to turn this into even just a normal life is ridiculous. So for me, it comes down to eventually sometimes the only thing you can do for somebody is to cut them off to make them figure it out on their own. Like, okay. I mean, I mean, that's just like sometimes you can only help somebody so much before before they're just going to they're never going to learn. So if you pamper them too much, if you give them enough participation trophies like D'Angelo loves to hand out. Right. You don't like those, do you? If you give them enough participation trophies, they're never going to actually put in the work and make themselves worth something themselves. So like, yeah, I, I mean, maybe it sucks right now that she's on the street, but maybe this is the lesson she needs to learn to take more you know, advantage of the opportunities she's given. Okay, so I, I I took a different page out of the same book. Uh, I think you stopped at the table of contents, Tom, and I kept reading, 
and I got to the end of the book and I took out the right page because you didn't take out the right page. I'm a firm believer that if at any point you decide, hey, I'm done pulling out and you have a kid, then you're responsible for that kid for the rest of their life. And here's why. Because everything that kid was has learned growing up, whether you're rich, poor, wherever, it came from either you, a parent, or something that you could have stopped. So the reason why she is the way that she is is because of her mom and or dad. Uh, he was given everything that she wanted uh, up until a certain point, and then he just cut her off or slowly started pulling back. Well, that's not something that you can do, in my opinion. If you're going to start something, then you gotta you got to see it all the way through, all the way through. Regardless of how long that all the way through is, if it's 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, however long it is, Tom, you and Gary know this better than anything as men. Whenever we change or we see something different or we start acting different, the first thing that our woman or friend or somebody be like, hey, man, what's going on? You all right? You cool? That's not that's not normally you. And you're like, oh, you know, I just kind of been out of the loop. I got to get back to myself. You know, this is this, that, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, she is the way that she is because of the spoils that her father or her mother or her friends put her through. So now he has to deal with that. And how does he deal with it? He said, look, I'm cutting you off financially. I'm not doing anything else for you because you couldn't, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't make a normal life out of it. We don't know if it was millions of dollars. We don't know if it was thousands of dollars. We don't know any of that. I mean, at the very least, as Dr. Dre being a billionaire with the B, the very least he could have said when he came out was, look, she all on her own, but my grandkids, my this, my that, they're not homeless. Hell, she is. She grown. She can take care of herself. That's not what he said, though. He cut her off and the kids, too. Does she have kids? I, I, I yes, don't, I, she does have kids. And the kids live with her in her car. Supposedly, yes. I'd have to. Re- I, I I would agree with not letting the kids live in the car, but for the mom, it's like, like I said, you know, sometimes that's the only way someone's going to learn their lesson is if you if if and you know maybe that's his course of correction and maybe he's just doing it for a little bit. I don't know, but it's it's I you know I understand the whole but, thing well, you're saying the is. Thing that there's, yeah, there's no course for correction if you don't allow it to happen to begin with. Like you can't you can't say hey every. Million dollars. You give them a million dollars for 42 years, and then after that 42nd year, you just cut it off and say, Hey, look, I'm not giving you any more money. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean you ain't giving me any more money? Well, I'm sure this wasn't a, I'm sure this wasn't a one day and, oh, wait, you're cut off tomorrow. I'm sure this was a process of her continuing to blow money and not be responsible and not ta- I mean I don't know this is me assuming bro he is a billionaire we're talking about with a B bro a billionaire wait so he's richer than Gary he's richer than yeah. D'Angelo <laughs> he's richer than everybody on this podcast and, and whoever's combined to it combined he is a billionaire bro like like, I, I understand everything that you're saying in terms of, you know, he had to cut her off, he had to do this, he had to do that. But a billionaire with a B, bro? That's tough. That's tough, Tom. 
that's tough, bro. And you got kids, and let's just say that she's using these kids to, as pawns. To, then, hey, she, she ain't doing anything different than what you did to her when she was younger. She just wants you to reciprocate what you did for now that's grandkids, and he may not be willing to do it. All I'm saying is, is don't start something that you're not willing to keep up for a lifetime. Because none of these kids ask to be here. You, you're the reason why these kids are here. You're the reason why these kids are the reason that they are and have been exposed to the things that they've been exposed to. I'm not saying the, the, the answer to this question is, is you go out and you give her all the money that she wants or you give her all the luxurious stuff that you want, that she wants. I'm talking about you call her in, you give a conversation with her, and you tell her this is what's going to happen, this is not what's going to happen, and then you convey that to the media because you're a big enough name where people want to know what's going on in your life. So I was looking it up, and uh, it said that he was paying for her rent, and he was also giving her allowance every month. And so he, he also invested in stuff for her and all that kind of stuff. But the reason why he stopped doing it all is because she decided to go to the media and talk about him and all this kind of stuff and talk about their relationship and all that kind of stuff. And that's the reason why he cut her off because she basically like dogged him in the media, I guess. And he's like, I'm over it then. If you don't, if you, I'm doing all this stuff for you and you're not appreciative, then good. You can do it on your own. That was basically how it went. So, but I, I do agree to a point with you, D, because I do think that what you start is what you're going to do. But also, yes. I also agree with time because I don't, I think if, if you're given something, so you use the example of that you gave me a million dollars a year for 42 years or whatever. And if I squander all that money, I deserve to be homeless. I don't deserve to keep getting millions of dollars. If I have, right. if right. I have figured out right. a way to better myself and and manage my money because you were giving me a million dollars a year to work on it and figure everything out, if I wasn't prepared for what happens if they pass away and whatever, especially because with their relationship, she said that she hadn't ta- seen him in 18 years. So obviously they already have a not a great relationship and he was still paying for her rent and paying for her giving her allowance so he was still doing stuff without them having it seems like a good relationship anymore so to me if i haven't learned responsibility after 42 years of it in that example of you giving me a million dollars a year then i deserve to be homeless if i haven't figured out how to live my life yet without having help and handouts i don't right. like you said i agree he might have said help to set start it out but at some point you got to become an adult and take things for yourself and do things. I'll use this for my all life. My mom has always said, if you ever go to jail for something stupid, don't call me. I am not coming to help you. You got to get yourself out of this situation because you have to learn from it because it's not her responsibility to teach you. She's taught you everything you need. Once you get to old enough and you learn things, you should, you shouldn't have to put yourself in those situations. You're, you know, better than that. And if you do, don't call me, I'm not helping you. And She's and that's a hundred percent true. She wouldn't. That's the thing is you learn, you learn as your parents teach you and everything. But again, like you said, D maybe she wasn't taught that way at first. Maybe she was uh, given everything, but that's not the well, way you well, should teach any well, child. Well, we know, but, but even with that being said though, even with us talking about it, there's no blueprint. on how And not only right. is there not a blueprint on how you raise your kids based on financial income a year, is based on what your kids will experience, how they'll experience it, 
and, and which ways you'll go about traveling and things like that. Like a billionaire, completely different from a millionaire, and a millionaire completely, completely different from a thousandaire, and a thousandaire completely different from a hundredaire, and a hundredaire completely different from somebody. <laughs> from a Pope M. <laughs> with that being said, again, right. With that being said, like, again, I'm, again, I'm not a billionaire, so I don't know what it's like to be that high up. If he was taking care of her and still paying her bills to this point and all that, and it took her going to the media to badmouth him, to cut him off, then he was petty from the beginning. He was petty from the beginning. So, so he sounds like, very similar to somebody else on this podcast. <laughs> right. Huh? He sounds very similar to somebody else on this podcast. That's why D'Angelo knows so well. <laughs> Here's my thing. This is this is this is what tells me all I need to know about this situation. You know why this situation became public? Because she started a GoFundMe to raise fifty thousand dollars. That already tells me enough right there. But then she comes out and says, "I was hoping my dad would see it and reach out to me." So this was all like, first of all. Nobody's going to donate to a billionaire's daughter. I'm sorry. And me, as an average person, I see that. I'm like, I I totally disagree. I she, totally raised, she raised $385. So she did. If you want. She did. <laughs> I, I just want to make sure that we, we also put this out there because America's crazy. America will, not crazy. Donate to a, uh, America will not donate to a billionaire's daughter, but they'll donate to a billionaire. Ask the Kardashian. Correct. They donated right. all that money to make her a billionaire. I was like, yo, that's crazy. Like, and they were coming in by the boatload just to make her a billionaire. Yeah, celebrity. And say, yeah. But, but yeah, it's just, you know, th th you reach that point where you're, you know, I understand GoFundMe, you got, it can be very helpful and very useful for people that are in tough situations. So I'm not, uh, you know, trying to speak down on it about that. But, the fact that she did that and they came out and was like, I was hoping my dad would see it. You know, she's just trying to place, you know, pull some strings, manipulate. And so that just tells me about the situation that is probably why she's in the situation she's in. And I, and I did read the kids are not living in the car with her. They're staying at friend's house and she's the only one living in the car. Right. So with that, with that being said, she obviously using the kids as a ploy to kind of get a uh, grandfather or dad to like, get off his high horse and like do something because if she allowed him to take the kids in then she knows she 100% cut off because the kids are all he care about in the first place that's what's going to make him look bad as a person not him cutting her off but him cutting her and the kids off is what make it uh, really bad but with us talking about that I, I really want to get y'all thoughts on this since we're talking about fathers and loving fathers and how they love their kids do you guys think that uh, Britney Spears' dad really loves her enough to where he was like, you know what, I'm going to step down from this conservative ship and I'm going to let you go ahead and live your life because I think you are what we are. Or do you think that was pressure from the public to get him to step down? So before we answer that, I, I want you to just give me a real quick, What? how do you resolve the Dr. Dre daughter situation if you're Dr. Dre? What do you do right now to end it? Okay, this is how I ended. I, as Dr. Dre, I called my daughter in, and we lay down, and we lay down some boundaries. We talk about some boundaries. This is how it's going to go. We don't sign a contract. We don't even bring it to the public. Look, what's going on? Talk to me. What did I do wrong? What did I do? What did I fail at as a parent? You know, I'm not sure how many kids Dr. Dre have, 
but you had that conversation because obviously their problems are not financial. Hers are, but not theirs as a family. So now we got to get down to, okay, where did I fail them? Dr. Dre, we know that, you know, uh, he was NWA for a long time. Uh, when he, he worked with, not NWA, but he worked with... What's, uh, what's that? He wasn't NWA. He worked with... Uh, oh. uh, um, uh, he did some beats for him, though, right? What's what's NWA? Is that like the NFL, or what does that, what that stand for? Oh, uh, uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but but he worked with a he worked with a lot of people in the industry and because he worked with a lot of people in the industry I don't know if he adopted that industry life or if he was different from that industry life and I, I again I don't know how he handled his household and things like that I don't know if he was uh, 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 in his kids life there's a lot of variables that you have to play but in order to fix this I would call her in have a conversation with her we would talk about that conversation and we would harp on that conversation. We would set those boundaries and we would proceed from there. Whether she like them or not, I have a plan now. But right now, neither one of them have a plan and because neither one of them have a plan. That's why it's all in the media the way that it is right now. How would you solve it though, Tom? I just, I don't know. I would say it's hard to say without knowing exactly what measures they've taken already and what he's done. But it sounds like if they haven't, talked except through his people in 18 years sounds like she messed up a long time ago uh or that something happened with her mom i'm not sure because apparently this is one of his ex-girlfriend's uh daughter like this is who he had a daughter with so i don't know what she did but the fact that you know he was still paying her allowances and then i guess she went and bit the hand that was feeding her <laughs> that just seems silly to me. <laughs> Biting the <laughs> hand. Hey, if you pay me money you. every month, boy, I'm going to be singing your praises every single time that I get on an interview. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It just seems, it just seems crazy. But I, it, I, don't, I don't like giving too much advice in these situations because I don't know the full story. Correct. Uh, but it's, that's just a tough one for sure in general. It's 100%. So, what about you, Gary? How do you fix it? I mean, so, I you don't have kids, but yeah, so I think always like, the people that don't have kids that have the answer. So I think like what you said, I think I think it'd be interesting for him. He should call, at least talk to her. We don't know the backstory behind everything. But like if you don't want anything to do with her or and y'all aren't gonna have a relationship, then I think you you make it known. If you if she went to public, you make it known. Okay, hey, I'm giving her three hundred thousand dollars. If you if you squander it, that's on you. If you can't if you can't get things going with that, then that's on you. And if they, if they have that type of relationship, so at least you're giving her a chance to get things right again. And if she doesn't get things right, well, you did everything you could to help, and you right. chose not to do it. So you give an option to try to help if if that if relationship's not repairable. I think that's the only. And if it's repairable, then you try to repair it. If it's not, then that you do that. And if y'all don't want anything to do with each other, then so be it. But but to go to your point with the Britney Spears stuff, I do not think it had anything to do with him and his love for his daughter. I think it was all outside pressure and uh, more that step down. Because if it was love for his daughter, I think he would have done it a long time ago. I, I Now, see, again, this is why I disagree with you, Gary, but I want to hear you, Ty. Do you think it was pressure or do you think he stepped down because he's the loving father that he is? Hell no. 
Because if he was a loving father that he is, he would have not been in this situation that he's in. Correct. <laughs> he stepped down okay, because so, of the pressure. So you got you got to think you got to think the even uh, his ex wife her, her mom has came out and said that he's not doing things right for her, like he's and forcing her like supposedly forced her to go to Vegas and do all this stuff when she's not ready for that. As you can tell, she was not in the right mental case for that. And and still had her do a Vegas res- residency, that type of stuff. And you're still doing all this stuff. And then you had all these people coming out saying you're terrible for her. And you're the only person saying you're right other than a judge. There, that's something wrong. There's something going on. Okay, so let me make sure I get this straight. So... You guys are okay with <laughs> y'all are something else. I'm glad we transitioned the way we transitioned. Y'all are okay with Dr. Dre cutting his daughters off, but y'all are not okay because y'all got we got to teach her a lesson. We got to teach her a lesson. She's old enough, you know, blah 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 blah. But then you know we got the flip side with Britney Spears and her dad, where he was just like, look. You saw back in the days when Britney Spears had absolutely lost her mind. This is a father, in my opinion, that's trying to correct the wrong that he did when she was growing up because she was a child phenom and she was never told no until now in this conservatorship to where now he could tell her no and she legally You know what to listen the difference is here, D? Britney Spears is the one making the money. <laughs> it's not her dad's money. Correct. It's not her dad's money. She's siphoning. But here's the thing, though. It was it was her dad who decided not to pull out for her to even be here in the first place. That doesn't give him the right. Right. <laughs> well, 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 if it doesn't give him the right, it doesn't give him the wrong either. Meaning. What like, does hey, that I, even mean? It don't give him the right. It doesn't give, it him, don't the right. give, it doesn't give him the wrong either. What, what, what I'm saying is, as a father, as a father, when you decide, like, hey, again, I'm going back to the pullout, man. If you decide, like, hey, I'm just going to leave that thing in there, I'm going to deal with the consequences. And if that consequence is a kid, I think that you have set yourself up to take care of somebody for life. But he's not doing her any favors. Correct. He is doing her, he, he's actually he's, making her life harder. Right. He's, not, he's, he's making her life harder, but he's not making anybody else's life harder because here's why. It's his daughter. It's his daughter. And she's still rich, super dumb rich. She hadn't squandered all her money. And you may not like the way he runs her business, but again, it's a business and it's making money. Nobody like how Roger Goodell uh, runs the NFL, but he's making the NFL loads of money. And that's the totally different. Totally different. It's not any different. The owners picked Roger Goodell. Brittany did not pick her dad. Of course did. Correct. Right. So, I mean, it was arbitrary. <laughs> like, it wasn't like it was a, it was a neutral picking. Like, nobody, it wasn't like everybody in the family was like, you know what, Dad? I think you got this. You got I this. think this is one of them topics where D's just trying to take the other side. I'm not just trying to take the other side. I've, I've had opportunity to dive into this thing because at first, when Brittany was going through her mental health issues, she really needed her dad. She really needed him. And because mental health is not one of those things that you could you can look up or you could you can see on an MRI or a scan or anything like that, it's one of those things that you gotta kind of take people's word for. With that being said, like we never knew when she actually healed 
from the mental health issues that she had. We don't even know if she still got them right now. I mean, she she sawn some she sawn some uh, residuals. Maybe it's from the conservatorship. I don't know, but she's showing some signs of 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 mental health issues. So with that being said, I don't know why he stepped down because it looks so, like she's still so, needs services. So so D, my my question, I would I would side with you. I would side with you if he wasn't paying himself an outrageous amount of money to be the conservator. What's There's the a difference. That's his daughter. He shouldn't have to pay himself to treat her and, and look after her. It's a job, Gary. It is it's a that, job. You don't, do you get paid to be the father right now? I'm not getting paid to be okay. the father right now. But <laughs> in, the, in the event that I can get paid to be the father, I'm taking that job. Wow. I'm taking that job. So what do you think that's I'm taking advantage of? That's taking, yeah, taking advantage of your kids if you're it's taking their taking money to pay you. Okay, okay so if I'm making... Let's make sure we we everybody understands this and get what I'm saying here. He he is in charge of Britney Spears' estate. If Britney Spears is worth five million dollars at one point and she's now worth fifty million dollars, and I want to decide to pay myself because I have grew her her uh, everything through my uh, conservatorship, you damn right I deserve to get paid. He didn't get do it. anything. Yeah, she did it all. He, what do you mean? He's the one that made her go perform in Vegas, just like you said. She but she didn't want to she do it. Pay. Hey, it doesn't matter. So <laughs> doesn't matter. That that <laughs> sounds more that sounds more like she a great dad than a good dad that was worried about his child. Look, we all got a boss. We all got a boss. We all got stuff we got to answer to, and that's what happened. Yeah, no, I just disagree with you on this one. I'm sorry, D. <laughs> hey, I'm just letting you know. Wow, I'm just wow, saying, you know, wow. I don't, I don't, I didn't, I, at first I saw a problem with it, but then when you throw the mental health issues in there, um, you throw all the other stuff in there, then I can understand why he was ahead of it. And because there's no, there's no end game to mental health and you don't know when it actually ends, then he, he was on, he was on board for the rest of her life. Yeah, I just, I'm not on your side on this one. Sorry. Well, I, and, and, just listen to, and, and understand where I'm coming from, though, Gary. This is where I'm coming from. You got to understand when, in an age where Osaka comes out and says she has mental health issues, uh, um, you have uh, Simone Biles coming out saying that she has mental health issues. Then, you know, Britney Spears was kind of like the first one where she said she had mental health issues, but we saw them, like, play out. Like, when she was losing her mind in the car, she's shaving her head. You and everybody else agree that when this conservatorship came into place, it was the best thing for her, right? No, I, at that point, but now she's she's now you're gonna she's better. Not, yes. Gonna well, the thing is, is there's How even the you know she better, Gary. How you know she better, Ty? Because she came even, out and she said in the interview that no, she's better. Because there's, there's been other doctors that have said she's better. She's there's even better. discrepancies whether or not she should have got into the conservatorship at all. If, right. if you watch that documentary, um, but. I, I do think that, you know, it's, it, you can tell it's in a place where she needed help, but I don't think what her dad was doing is the help that she needed. It was just a, oh, my cash cow is going a it's, little it's bit. having trouble. Let me control right. this so I can keep getting money. Right. You know, and it's, it just it just it seems like a uh, father that couldn't do anything in his life except produce a wonderful <laughs> A talented group of daughters, and he's trying to get all the money he can out of them. That's what it seems like, and it's just, it's just not, not good. And that's, that's, 
this podcast bothers me with y'all. But you just think about think about think about Raina. If she goes on to become you know I, 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 a superstar, you're gonna just try to siphon all the money out of her you can, or are you gonna show her the love you have for her and be like, whatever is best for my daughter, I'm gonna do. I'm a, I'm gonna show her the love that I have for her, but if I have to do anything for her that requires work. I want to be compensated for it. I disagree. I don't think you will. I don't think you will. He's just saying that. Like, <laughs> I know. I know better than that. No, he won't. Be <laughs> I, uh, this goes back. This goes back, and it's funny that we say this time because I had a conversation with you and Gary about the same thing, but relationship or relationship status was the only thing that was different. And that that question was: You remember a couple podcasts ago when we were talking about? being compensated and you being a millionaire and asking people to help you move who should pay for what and stuff like this. And you was like, if you got money and you break something, then I, I think you should have to pay for it or it shouldn't, it wouldn't cost you much. It's the same I, way. I didn't say that. Right I didn't say it's that. I said it depends on how they broke it. But you get what I'm saying, though, Tom. You get the, you get what I'm saying. You can't just reference old situations and not <laughs> say the right thing. You can't get away with that here. He's trying to get his point across right. that he's right and he's not. Right, right exactly. <laughs> I hate y'all, man. Uh, we'll go ahead and end the podcast right there. We appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. We out! You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring... D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the